who has been enjoying our stay-at-home Ignatian retreat? Been in, engaging in it? I'm glad that you have been. Um, I was talking to Pastor Pete the other day, and uh, who I learned about retreating from, and he said, Pastor Pete, if you're watching, he, which he's watching every week, he said, why didn't I ever think about that? Just doing a 30-day stay-at-home retreat. And uh, you know what? I think we thought about it right now because the Lord was saying, oh, this would be a really good thing for my church at this particular time in the, in the world of what's going on. And so we're going to continue on with this. Remember, the whole month of January, we're doing this all five Sundays. And so today we're starting our beginning, our third Sunday of our staying at home spiritual retreat following in the footsteps of Ignatius of Loyola. Um, and I think for us to understand where we want to go with this, um, I want to do a little recap of where we've been so we can make sense where we're going. And on our first Sunday, which was three Sundays ago, we focused on what Ignatius called first principle and foundation. And, and the way I understand that is he lays the foundation first, and then he goes into four blocks of time that he calls weeks. And so week doesn't mean seven days. For us it does this year. It means seven days because we're actually taking seven-day periods of time. But if you were on a retreat, it wouldn't necessarily be equal time for everyone. But the first thing he does before he gets into these four time blocks that he calls weeks is he, he, he talks about what he, or leads us into a thing that he calls first principle and foundation. And that, that, that the first time period that we looked at, we focused on the goodness and the greatness of God. And we saw these things, the goodness and the greatness of God, by looking at two primary areas. First, we looked at creation. That was the week that we people were posting pictures of God's creation, of a cosmos and fish and all that stuff. Creation, and what we saw was the fingerprints of God everywhere we looked. We took time to slow down enough to see the fingerprints of God in what he created. You can't look at creation and not see a master creator. You know, this, remember we talked about the hand? This did not happen by itself. There's no way... This crawled out of some primordial soup and came up to being by itself. This is an act of the creation of the creator. So we saw the fingerprints of God in creation. We also looked at, looked to see the wonder of God as we looked at see his fingerprints in our own life journeys. And we took time over that day and that week to look back over our lives and we did some spiritual practices that allowed us to, to see how God has been active in our lives and what we want to do is we want to be amazed that God's been very active in our lives and that his love towards us is real. That he has had his hand upon us and he made this world all of this because he loved us. And that was the foundations, the principles. We, got, we dealt with that first. God's love for us was the foundation of week one. Now the second Sunday, we, we, we had a switch. We began to then on the second Sunday look honestly at ourselves. And we ask God to help us see things about ourselves that we are either blind to or we have chosen to ignore. Remember how we did that? We looked at the story of David and Nathan the prophet and we invited the Holy Spirit to be like Nathan to us. And we said it was a bold thing to do, a little little scary thing to do. Ask the Holy Spirit to be like Nathan the prophet to us who could help us see the things in our life that we're blind to like he did for King David that he said to David, thou art the man. And so that was week two. And, and all that we did in those first two periods of time was we looked at ourselves um, 
and, and our relationship with God and our reality of God and our thoughts of God from this day backwards. We were looking at our lives in those first two weeks for what do we understand about self and God from this day backwards. We're looking at what is, what has been, what is current about our lives. So that was the first two time periods, the first two weeks we were together. Now today, we make a change. From, from this day forward, the next three weeks, we make a change. From today going forward, on our re- straight home retreat, we are going to begin to look forward. Um, you know, in our first two periods, we're looking at what is and dealing with that, and now we change our gaze to the future, and we do this. We imagine what can be. That the rest of our retreat will be all focused on what can be, what God is calling us into, what God is offering to us as a better way to live. And for today and this week, we are going to see what can be in our lives as we spend time reading about and thinking about and praying about Jesus' public life. That we're going to look at this, for today and this week, we're going to say, what can be for me as I look at Jesus as my role model in his public life, from the time he started his ministry until right at the time, right before he was arrested and crucified. So that period of time we call his his ministry time, his public life. And here we want to better understand and then we moved toward how we might live our lives in a manner that's more like Jesus. How might we become more like Jesus in our everyday lives. As we've been saying, you know, each week what Ignatius does, he has a, has a goal. So this week is no different. It's a goal, this idea, how can I be more like Jesus in his public life? And, and the way he expressed that is a phrase we've been getting used to now called the grace I seek. He'd say for every one of our weeks, he'd, he would outline for us and say, here's the grace that we want to seek after in this coming today and this week. And for week two, this idea of looking at Jesus in the public life, this is how Ignatius describes the grace that we're seeking after. And remember, these are on your handout uh, in the Connection Center and written out um, uh, online on Facebook as well as on our website. So you don't have to try to write all this down because I'm going to read Ignatius's. It's two paragraphs, and he says, for this week, here's the grace I seek. He says this, to experience an interior, intimate, personal knowledge of and connection with you, Lord. I want to love you more passionately and follow you more closely than I have in the past year. Especially this period, I want to better understand how your public life, O Lord, portends for my own future. I just want to be where you are. I want to totally immerse myself in you, to know you, embracing all all you were during your time on earth. My deepest desire, Lord, is to be more like you. As I, as I now focus myself on the ordinariness, think we'll talk about that, the ordinariness of your public life may clear to me how I might become more like you in my own day-to-day life going forward. So it's about going forward. We're gonna, from this point on, we're going to say, so there's no guilt, there's no, I'd failed. From this, day, this point on, we're saying, everything here is about what can be what God is inviting us into. And so we see that the goal for today and this week is to spend time looking at Jesus' public life so we can get a picture of what can be for our lives as we move forward 
from this day onward. Now, here's a question for you. Do you think that it's God's plan for you to constantly move forward in, the, in this regard? That God's plan is for you and I, each of us, no matter who we are, rev in front of your name or not rev in front of your name, um, to continually be formed more like Jesus. Do you believe that it's God's plan for your life that next month you would be more like Jesus than you are today? Constantly moving forward. Well, here's the answer. It is God's plan. See, especially in my role, so many people over the years have come to me and still come to me and say, Pastor, I just want to know God's will for my life. Friends, this is his will, that we become more like Jesus. You want to know God's will? His will for you is that we, you would become more like Jesus. The Apostle Paul, writing to the, thirst, the church in Thessalonica, wrote this. This is the will of God. Now, that should make you stop and take notice. When, when Paul says, writes to a group of Christians and says, listen, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God. You want to know what the will of God is? This is the will of God, your sanctification. Sanctification means the process of becoming more like Jesus. It's the putting off of the old self, our old life, ruled by sinfulness, and it's the living more fully lives ruled by the Holy Spirit, who is leading us to live more like Jesus lived. That's, that's what sanctification is. And the good news for all of us is that we can be more like Jesus next month than we are today because it's sanctification. And the Bible says this is God's will for you, your sanctification. You're engaging the process with God by the Spirit that allows you to mature and become more like Jesus. That's what God's will is for us in our everyday lives as we're fueled by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, is that he lead us on a journey of sanctification, of becoming more like Jesus. And that's what Ignatius is wanting people to focus on in this second week of his 30-day retreats. Now, part of becoming more like Jesus, how do we get there? Part of becoming more like Jesus is achieved through getting to know and understand Jesus better. That's the starting point. How can I become more like Jesus if God's will for me is my sanctification and sanctification is becoming more like Jesus? How can I become more like Jesus? The starting point is getting to know and understand Jesus better. And friends, this is where the word of God is so vital. And what you understand about Ignatius is that his, his highest priority was getting people to engage with the word of God. This is the word of God is so vital. God's word is a gift that reveals who Jesus is. And we get the privilege of literally walking with Jesus and learning from Jesus and getting a picture of what can be, what it can be to be more like Jesus as we read the word of God. If we were on a 30-day retreat with Ignatius, you know what he would do? He would send us away in silence for this period of time that he would call a week to, in silence, to live in the scripture with Jesus. To read the Gospels and imagine what it must have been like to walk alongside Jesus and experience the reality of Jesus for ourselves. 
Now, even though we're not on a 30-day silent retreat, we can still experience Jesus in the Scriptures. What we're going to do today and this week is to walk with Jesus in the Gospels, and in particular, we want to do this. We want to notice the details about Jesus. Today and this week, we want to notice what is Jesus' character like? How did he react? How did he interact with people? What things about him are surprising? What things for Jesus were a priority in his everyday life? And one of the things that Ignatius especially wants us to pay attention to as we're looking at the details about Jesus is to look at the ordinariness of Jesus. Notice the ordinariness of Jesus' public life. To notice how he lived his ordinary life. You say, why? Because it could be easy to dismiss Jesus as an example to emulate if all that we do is focus on his miraculousness. You say, well, let's look at Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. Let's see. Well, right here he's walking on water, and there he's healing. There he's casting demons out of people. There he's feeding 5,000 with a few loaves and fish. And we go, well, guess what? I'm looking at trying to make my, have my life be sanctified, develop more like Jesus. Well, I guess that means I'm supposed to be walking on water and feeding 5,000 and casting out demons and, and healing all those things. But if you notice, if we take time to, to meander through the scriptures, that in between these miraculous events, we find the ordinariness of Jesus' life. And this is what we want to notice today and this week, because it's here that we have the opportunity to become most like Jesus. We want to look beneath the miracles, as important as those are and as, as available as those are, we want to look beneath those and see the life and the character of Jesus because those are the things we can see developed more fully in our lives. So today, let's look at a gospel story today. Grab your Bible. And let's see how we can do this. Turn in your Bible to the gospel of Mark. Let's look at the fourth chapter of the gospel of Mark. What we want to do today, is we turn, I'm going to, we're going to read, I'm going to read for you, and I want you to follow along, the story of the time that Jesus calmed the sea, one of the times that he calmed the sea. You there, Matt? Mark chapter 4? We're looking at verses 35 to 41. This is what it says. It says, on that day, when evening came, he, which is Jesus, said to them, this is his disciples, let's go over to the other side, the other side of the lake. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as, as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, which is the back of the boat, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, most readily or most naturally, 
the thing that stands out to us in this story is the fact that time, the situation that Jesus stands up and after being woken up and he rebukes the wind, he rebukes the waves, and it becomes perfectly calm, right? You'd say, well, that seems to be the most amazing thing about this story. Did I ever tell you the story about Josh when he was little? About rebuking the wind? Did I ever tell you that story? This is God's honest truth. He was a little kid about that big. I don't remember how big he was. And I was painting the outside of our house, Marquette, Michigan. I'm painting the house. And I'm out there, and I got a ladder out. This honestly happened. And I had a certain amount of time I could get painting. I had to get this painting done. And, and all of a sudden, this storm, we lived, literally, we lived less than a quarter mile from Lake Superior. And so storms just pop up. It's supposed to be a clear day and just boom. And all of a sudden, a storm rolls in, and I can just see the storm coming. It starts sprinkling. And I'm like, it can't rain. I'm painting. The house part of the house is wet, and you know, and and I got to keep painting. I got to get it done. And Josh, I don't know, five, six years old, goes, "Dad, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it." Got honest. He crawls up the ladder, an eight-foot step ladder, looks in the sky, and goes, "Peace, be still." And as God is my witness, that storm went around our house. Not a drop of rain in our house, and it poured everywhere else. Everybody else was soaking wet, and our house was dry. And so. Uh, the faith of a little kid. But he really did that. It was just total, complete confidence. He's like, Dad, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Well, that's what happened on that day. It was pretty cool. You know, which, but Josh, that meant I had to paint the house. But uh, I did. Um, so that's what we had never really focused on in that situation. But what do we learn about the character of Jesus when we look beneath the miracle? What do you learn about him when you look? If you, it's wonderful that he calmed the storm, that he quieted the wind and the waves. It's wonderful. It's miraculous. We, we remember it. You know, it made me, as I read the story, remember Josh as a little kid who was inspired as a little five-year-old kid by that story. What, what do we see when we look beneath the miracle? For one thing, it could be maybe many things, but for one thing, I see that Jesus is calm in the midst of turmoil. That Jesus is calm in the midst of turmoil. While everybody else is freaking out and panicking, right? They're bailing water. They're screaming. That's the way the scene describes it. They're screaming. They're going to drown. They're sinking. What's Jesus doing? He's asleep on a cushion in the back of the boat. Jesus wasn't nervous. He was calm in the midst of the storm knowing that he was secure in the kingdom of God. In fact, it says in the story, he was surprised that the other people were nervous. He was surprised by it. So what do we see about Jesus here that we want to see developed in us? Because remember, that's what every week going forward is about. What do we see? What can be in us? Jesus is our example Jesus is the the example of what can be. What do we see here that we say, God, I would love this to be developed in me? Well, this is a really good one. A calmness in the midst of turmoil. Do you just maybe think that that would be a really good thing for all of us right now? Is our world a little tumultuous? Is there a little wind and waves going on all around us right now? I would say yes. Well, where does this calmness come from? 
He says here, faith in Jesus. He said, what, don't you have any faith? He's saying, faith in me, in Jesus? Faith in Jesus, that, that as we walk with him longer and know him more fully, as we're going to do this week, as we engage with Jesus and walk with him through the Gospels in his public life, we learn that he is always in the boat with us during any turmoil we go through, and that he's never alarmed, and therefore, if he's holding us in his hands, we never need to be alarmed. So we can walk through turmoil and say, wait, 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 let's recalculate. Let's put myself in the right position. The right position is in the hands of Jesus, who's secure in the kingdom, and he's never alarmed in turmoil, so I can rest in Jesus in the midst of turmoil. Learning to rest in Christ helps us to live into this calmness. So we see that when we look beneath the miracles. So although this, this exercise, uh, through this exercise we begin to, to know Jesus, this is what's normal for Jesus, know him more, and know that God's will for me is that I would become more like Jesus in this way of being calmed in the midst of chaos. Why? Because that's what sanctification is. God's will for you, your sanctification. God's will for you, become more like Jesus. What's Jesus like in chaos? He's calm. What's God's will for you? Learning to become calm in chaos. That's what we learn as we wander with Jesus through the scriptures. Let's look at another section of scripture, and I'm going to let you tell me what you see um, are some of the character qualities of Jesus, ones that, that could be developed in each of us as we surrender to the Holy Spirit in the sanctification process and spend time seeing Jesus and, and being in his presence through his word and saying, this is what can be God, make help that become my life. So turn in your Bible, stay in the Gospel of Mark, just flip over to chapter 1. And I'm going to read a section. And I want you to pay attention. I'm going to read chapter 1, verses 32 to 41. And I want you to look beneath the miracles. And you, I want you to notice what are some of the character qualities of Jesus you see revealed in this section of Scripture. So I'll start in verse 32, chapter 1 of Mark. When evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Simon and his companions searched for him. They found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let's go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also, for that is why I, what I came for. And he went into the synagogues throughout all Galilee, preaching and casting out demons. And we'll actually, we'll stop. No, we're going to go 41. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be clean. Now, we see a bunch of miracles here. We see casting out demons. We see various diseases being healed. We see, you know, um, Jesus not permitting demons to speak, all these different things. But if we look beneath those things, what are some of the characteristics of Jesus that you see? Somebody tell me one. 
What? Humility. Okay. How is it expressed in here? Okay. So humility. It, obviously, Jesus is completely humble, and he's he's not about him. He said, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm going to let's not go back where they want me. I'm not about making a name for myself. That's humility. I'm not about making a name for myself. Um, I want to just." Go and do what God asked me to do. That's humility. Okay? What else? What other characteristics of Jesus do you see? What? Compassion. He was moved with compassion. And then he healed. Now here's the deal. If he wasn't moved with compassion, or just put it this way, being moved with compassion, he did something. So it was it was the motivation to his activity. So it's easy for us to look around and go, oh my goodness, look at all the problems in the world. This world's a great big mess. That's not how Jesus approached it, is it? Jesus saw the great big mess and was moved with compassion and engaged the mess and got, and got busy helping where he could help, healing where he could heal in the midst of it. Okay, so move with compassion. Anybody see anything else? What's that? Silence and solitude. So he was committed to silence, solitude, and prayer. He went away to a lonely place to pray. So what was one of his one of his most in, things that, that he did, one of his values? Put it in context here. He had ministered all day. Then they, the whole city shows up at night, and he ministers all night. Everybody's sleeping. He crawls out of bed, goes out to a lonely place, Silence and solitude and praise. He's saying, "My, I'm committed to a life of prayer, a, a, a life of being engaged with my Father, the Heavenly Father." Okay, that's a quality of Jesus. So, it's saying, "What would your, what should your, what should our life be like going forward?" As we, as we say, "Holy Spirit, engage in me, help me to become more like Jesus." Sanctification, developing in Christ likeness. Well, one of the ways is Jesus was committed to prayer. Jesus was, you know, Jesus was compassionate. He was committed to prayer. And I can become more like that. Anybody see anything else? Do I hear it? Bravery. He's brave. Yeah, I mean, he stands up to whatever comes his way and, and, uh, and uh, doesn't back down. Brave. Let me point out one more. There's, there's, there could be, you could find 20 of them. But one more I think is so important. Verse 32. He's willing to be imposed upon. You want a great character quality that Jesus reveals to us? He was willing to be imposed upon. He administered all day. He gets to the house. He wants to go to sleep. He wants to relax. And all of a sudden, the entire city shows up, and all the sick people come, and all the demon-possessed people come, and Jesus has to minister to them the rest of the night. He, was, he didn't have to do that. He could have said, shut the door. I'm going to bed. Come back in the morning. That's not what Jesus did. How often do I do that? How often do you do that? How do I become more like Jesus? Being more willing to not always put my, my needs and my desires ahead of everybody else. Jesus was willing to impose upon, be imposed upon. This week, I'm encouraging you to take your Bible and your journal and to spend time with Jesus in the Gospels. Look for who Jesus really is. What motivates him. What things he spends his time 
doing. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you see yourself becoming more like Jesus in that area. Saying, God, how could I become more like this? What would it look like if I was more like this? Lord, show me my life over the last week and and where in my life could I have been more like these different qualities? And God, what would it look like? How could I go in that direction and listen for the voice of the Lord and journal the path that God gives you? Linger in these stories. If you just read that story and didn't look beneath the miracles, you'd go, oh yeah, really cool story. Jesus did all that. But if you spend time in the story, imagining what went on, lingering, looking for the quality character, character qualities of Jesus, they will speak to you from the story. And then use your imagination to experience these and let them shape you and God show you what can be in your life. This week again, we have a handout for you. It's on the back table to help you, guide you. It's going to tell you the grace I seek, a spiritual practice of wandering through Scripture. It's going to explain it a little bit. And some suggested Scriptures where you could engage with Jesus, walk with Him through this. I want you to remember, this is, although we're not going anywhere, this is still your retreat, your time, your way of launching 2021. You will be blessed and changed in proportion to your engagement and involvement with the Spirit of the Lord in the process. So I just encourage you, set some time aside to wander with Jesus through the gospel this week. Because it will change you. It will give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to help you um, be formed more fully in the character and character qualities of Jesus. That sounds like a pretty good week, doesn't it? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, um, we echo in our hearts what Ignatius echoed in his grace I seek. He said, I just want to be more like Jesus. I want to know Jesus better. And Lord, that's what we want. And Lord, I think as a group of people, most of us have a pretty good knowledge of Scripture. And Lord, it's so easy to just gloss over the events of Scripture to read, oh yeah, Jesus calmed the storm. But Lord, when we look beneath it, and we allow you to show us what's beneath it as we wander through the Scriptures, we know that you're going to point out to us character qualities that are supposed to be developing in us because the reason Jesus lived as a human was to show us how humans are supposed to live. The reason Jesus, you came as a human was to show us what can be if we are filled with the Spirit of God and walk in your ways, that we can become more fully formed in your image. So Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to love like you. We want to forgive like you. We want to serve like you. For you are the perfect example of what can be in our lives. And we know you model the life that is the best life. So help us. Guide us. Form us. And free us this week. Lord, we're committed to you. We want all that you have for us. I pray your goodness now upon everyone in this place in Jesus' name.
Let's stand together. Remember, Pastor Andre and Angela will be out in the cafe. Spend a few minutes getting to know them. Ask them some questions. Tell them, hey, the Lord's pulling on my heartstrings. I want to get involved in youth ministry. That'd be good, wouldn't it? That'd be good. Let me pray over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Have a wonderful day in Jesus. If you'd like prayer, I'll be up here. I'll gladly pray with you. Otherwise, have a great day with Jesus. Spend your time meandering through Scripture and Jesus' public life this week. It'll change our lives.